Hello, hello, and welcome to My Tennis Journey, where we aim to bring compelling tennis stories to life. As you're listening today, it'd be amazing if you could hit subscribe or follow. It's free, you know. So today, everyone, the 10th of October, 2022, is World Pickleball Day. Now, it's fair to say I'm a little bit of a novice when it comes to pickleball. I mean, I know a little bit and a bob. I'm, uh, I know that pickleball is taking America by storm in the way the Beatles took America by storm in the 60s. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I love uh, being part of the Top Spin Pro team and working with all the guys at Top Spin Pro and and I, we've, we've recently launched a pickleball version, and I know it's proven to be very popular. So I know a little bit, but I was keen to find out a whole lot more. And um, the perfect person um, to give me an immersion into the world of pickleball is Thadia Locke. Um, Thadia is, I mean, she's UK number one, but she's also had this amazing journey in tennis, which, as you'll hear, has just brought some incredible experiences both on and off the court. You know, a really fascinating tennis journey. But then having kind of done so much in tennis, uh, Thadia ended up going into pickleball. And as you'll hear, like her first ever experience of of pickleball was with the world number one and and that really ignited this journey and this passion um which it's just absolutely brilliant to hear all about so on world pickleball day welcome to the show Thadia Locke thank you very much for having me this is very exciting yeah I'm really excited I am genuinely excited because you know I know, I guess over the years, I've got to know a lot about, about tennis. Over the past few months, I've been learning a lot about paddle, but I know nothing about pickleball. So I can't wait to find out about it. But first of all, we must find out about, about your tennis journey, because I, I know you've had a, a long tennis journey. How did that all begin? So I started playing in my primary school in the local village hall at about eight years old. I have a memory of running around and just hitting foam balls over a net, probably nothing too structured. Um, my memory from there goes to, I was having individual lessons in our village on someone had a private court. And then I was suddenly at regional training. So there must've been some stuff in between, but that's kind of the key things that I remember. Um, and then, I don't know, I guess I worked really hard. And as a junior player, I did quite well under 10. I was playing kind of like national competitions and were training a lot alongside my education so yeah just kind of I, yeah I just kind of got into it by luck really my parents didn't really know a lot about tennis I don't have family background in tennis so just kind of fell into it. I love though that um, that you started in a village hall <laughs> over a net and you know the coaches out there that make such a difference to people's lives by putting on these sessions eh? and, and not coming from a tennis background do you remember who that coach was that was started you off way back when? Honestly, I don't even think it was a coach. I think it was just a like PE teacher in my village school that it was just an activity. It, it definitely wasn't a, a recognised coach in any form. 
Amazing. I love that, though. Love that. Come on. So here's to all those people who start the tennis journeys. Well, I mean, it sounds like you've had you had quite a journey just as a junior, you know, going on to play nationals and everything. What are your favourite memories of tennis as a junior? Um, I think I have very vivid memories of going to national training camps at Bisham Abbey. Um, when I was a junior, we used to stay in the actual abbey. So we have so many stories of when we were like under 10, we thought it was haunted and we used to be running around trying to avoid ghosts. Um, and we used to have so much fun going to these camps. And I remember yeah, this actually links to the week. I played a pickleball tournament the weekend and I was so sore all weekend and I was really struggling to walk up the steps. And I thought back actually to my camps at Bisham when we used to do fitness and the next day we had to come down these Abbey steps and none of us could walk. So that was definitely a really, really fun memory. And the girls that I kind of grew up with, we're still all really close. And, you know, sometimes we don't see each other for years, but then when we see each other, it's like we've got this bond that we kind of all went through this tennis experience as children, which not many people go through. So that was definitely um, a fun memory. I think I remember back to competing when I was kind of under 10. And I think that was my my favorite time because you don't really realize when you're that little you don't really think about pressure or or anything going on outside the court other than I just want to run around and and get the ball over the net so I think for me that was the most enjoyable time kind of before you start getting a lot of outside influences and pressure from various people and putting putting pressure on yourself um I was lucky kind of as a 15, 16, 17 year old, I traveled around the world playing junior ITFs. And that was obviously amazing, you know, to get to travel with something that I love doing. And it was, I learned so much um, and had so many life experiences. I traveled on my own a lot at kind of 16 and 17 years old. And, and that was incredible. And again, I don't think many kind of people of that age get to experience that. And that has definitely, you know, given me a lot for later on in life really brings out the kind of positive elements of a junior tennis journey doesn't it all those experiences that you've had and and I really love the bit about the you know the bond that develops between junior tennis players and I do wonder if it's because you go you know you compete against these people yet they also end up meaning the world to you you know I think it's it's just really strange how you know because it is a gladiatorial game hours but you know, I, I know the, the people who I know from a junior, when I see them, I am so happy to see them, you know, because of, I guess, what we went through together. Yeah, it's kind of a bond that you can't have with anybody else. I don't really know how to describe it, but yeah, it, those friends that I have, you know, we can see each other and we have so much to talk about and so many memories. So it's definitely a really special bond. Tennis players know, don't they? Tennis players know. They do. <laughs> Come on now. I mean, and you went over, I know you, you traveled the world playing junior ITS, but then you ended up going to an American university to play. You know, how how was that as an experience? That was amazing. So I went to the States when I was 19. Um, I actually have a funny story about when I first went. So I was I I was at uni in, at Marshall in West Virginia. And I got on the plane, I was flying to New York and then getting a connection to Charleston in West Virginia, except I got to New York and I was at my gate getting ready to board to Charleston. And I remember looking at the board and it said Charleston SC and something in me was like, that's not right. And I asked someone, I said, oh, I meant to be going to Charleston, West Virginia. And they said, no, this plane is going to Charleston, South Carolina. And I was like, oh my gosh. And they said, well, we don't fly to um, Charleston, West Virginia and your bags on this plane. So you have to get on this plane. 
And I had this panic of like, oh my God, what do I do? I'm going to completely the wrong state. And I remember I rang my mum before I got on the plane and I was like, I'm getting on this plane, but I'm going to the wrong place. And um, I guess I was upset at the time. So we were on the flight and I had a really kind lady sat next to me and she said, oh, don't worry about it. You can stay at my house when we land and we'll get you onto a flight tomorrow. And then this guy came up to me and he said, right, I found the flight that you need to get on when we land in South Carolina. He said, I'll pay for it. Don't worry. You just need to run because it's a really short connection time. So I'll pay for it and you can just email me the payment. And I was thinking, who are these people? They're offering me so many things. And luckily when I landed, actually, between my mum and my coach in the States, they'd actually booked me onto the flight that this guy was going to kindly book me onto. Um, so I ended up getting there, but it was a bit of an adventure on the way. <laughs> I love the fact that, that, that is an, it's an advert for the good that is in human nature, right? You're on a flight with I'm, people you don't know and people want to help, right? I Come know, on. I know. And, and and the American college uni uh, experience, I mean, it's just incredible. So you're basically kind of living the life of a full-time athlete, but also a full-time student getting a degree. So that's definitely a balancing act that you have to learn. But to be able to get a scholarship, to be able to go to America and play tennis at a high level for four years, get a degree for free. We got to travel all over the States. Everything was paid for. Again, um, the girls that I was on the team with are friends for life. And it was tough over there. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't all kind of rainbows all the time. But it definitely, again, it teaches you a lot about life, a lot about surviving on your own in a foreign country when you're still pretty young. Um, so yeah, it was definitely an amazing experience. And I, I definitely encourage when I, when I was coaching, you know, I encourage people to take that opportunity to go to the States because it's something that, again, not many people get the opportunity to do. And I think it's just an amazing life experience. Yeah. And you know, like we can't all get to the level where we're going to play professionally, but you know, if you play at a really high level as a junior, you've got the opportunity to potentially go to America on a sports scholarship with, you know, the price of education over here is going up, up, up. And yeah, what an amazing opportunity it, it is. And when I turned up in America, by the way, at my university in uh, just outside Minneapolis, I didn't have the right paperwork. So oh, my no. coach... Yeah, my coach was waiting outside for me. I think I was about five hours in American immigration. <laughs> and, and I was so badly organized. Like when I, I got to uh, this college in Minnesota and I was all right for the first few months, but I actually thought, genuinely thought everywhere in America was really hot. So I hadn't even packed a, like a, a proper coat. And then it was like minus 30 or something. It was like, oh my goodness, what's going on here? But I had totally, what an amazing life experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the interesting one for, for yourself, like it hasn't just been a passion outside of your work when you've come back. You, it's become your work. You know, how, how did you end up getting involved in tennis from a work point of view? So when I graduated, I came back and I started coaching. So I'd been coaching in my summer and Christmas holidays when I would come back from the States. So I'd kind of just been a hitter at the David Lloyd that I was at in Bristol and then think I'd been getting my coaching qualifications gradually so when I graduated I came back and I coached for five years um, at David Lloyd Club in Bristol which was amazing and I was really lucky that I got to work with everybody from beginner club players to tots to international junior players so I really had that kind of wide spectrum I was a county coach I coached at some private schools so again for me I kind of ran my own business and and that was really really exciting um, but I kind of got to the point with it where 
I think I just needed a new challenge. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do, um, but I, my friend actually sent me a job that the LTA had advertised as the event assistant for the Birmingham Classic Tournament. So I applied, having not really any experience. I got an interview, um, drove up to London, did the interview with Patrick Huseman, who some of you listening may know, um, yeah. and they offered me the job, much to my surprise, but it was only a three-month contract. So I accepted the job. For three months, I worked Monday to Friday in London on the tournament, and then I would drive home on a Friday night, coach all weekend in Bristol, and then drive back up to London on Monday morning, because I didn't know at the time, I was kind of like, well, I can't just leave coaching, because in three months, this job isn't going to exist anymore. So I wanted to, you know, keep my client base in coaching, and and the job finished um, on Birmingham, and there wasn't anything straight away. So I came back to Bristol, and I coached over the summer, and then Patrick called me and said, oh, we have another role um again as an event assistant but on the wheelchair masters so i went um back up in probably october and i worked on that event which was for me eye-opening because i hadn't really seen much about wheelchair tennis before um so again that was an incredible experience and i was doing the same at the beginning i was in london monday to friday driving back to bristol but it got to the point and i was like i can't do this anymore i was so exhausted so I said, look, I really love events. I'm going to take a risk. I quit coaching. Um, I then finished the wheelchair masters and I knew that there was a job coming up at the LTA on Eastbourne, but I knew I had kind of like a couple of months to get through. And Simon Jones, who again is very involved in tennis, um, gave me a job in the performance team. So I just did some admin for him for a couple of months. And then I got the role as event coordinator on the Eastbourne tournament which I did for five years which again Eastbourne is has such a big place in my heart um I love 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 that tournament so I helped to run that tournament for five years and then this year I got a job at Wimbledon so I've been super super lucky in the right place at the right time um have kind of worked my way up and now I'm somehow working at Wimbledon which is the pinnacle of the tennis world obviously you know, it's like you, you're. If anyone wants an advert for a tennis journey, then my goodness, they've just got to listen to the first ten minutes of our chat, really. Um, <laughs> I must say, like Eastbourne, like from a county cup point of view, Derbyshire have been a little bit more yo-yo of late. The Derbyshire men team that I follow, but when we won county cup in 2015, boy, oh boy, that place will be made in my heart forever. What a fantastic like tennis place it is, and yeah. oh yeah. It's beautiful by the sea and the players all used to love it. I think just because it has that kind of holiday feel. So there's a tournament, but you're kind of on holiday at the same time. Come on. What's, so what's your, are you still in events at Wimbledon then? What's, what's the role at Wimbledon? Yeah. So I'm an operations coordinator at Wimbledon. So working kind of the operations and the logistical side of the championships, which is again, really, really great. And kind of getting to see how Wimbledon does things. And obviously, you know, they are the pinnacle of our sport. So it's, really really exciting to kind of be involved in that and and get to be at work at Wimbledon every day I have to pinch myself when I'm wandering around site just trying to do my job that oh there's centre court oh I'm just going to the gym which overlooks the practice courts it's yeah you definitely kind of have to remind yourself that it's really special to be here every day and not take it for granted brilliant I mean we'll come on to pickleball in a sec but what what a journey and have the the skills that you learn on that tennis court as a junior, the life skills, have they helped you in this kind of working world you've found yourself making your way through? 
Definitely. I think as a tennis player, I know, you know, we kind of learn to be resilient. We learn to work hard. We learn to be independent. We learn that things don't always go our way, but we can bounce back. And I think that's the same with with your work life. And, you know, the same with taking risks. I took a risk to come out of coaching and go into events. And, you know, I didn't get the jobs that I wanted straight away. I, I applied for jobs and I got I didn't get them. So, you know, definitely learning the resilience that I learned as a tennis player has given me the confidence to, you know, keep working hard and knowing that in the end things will come right. And yeah, it's just another journey. And this is the bit for the parents. This I'm really passionate about like trying to help tennis parents on their journey. And, you know, don't necessarily dream of, of Wimbledon championships, but do really be aware of what our amazing sport can bring you in terms of life skills. All those things that the bravery, the resilience, the persistence, the things that kept you going to be able to like go up to a job and then back to Bristol and then back to the job, that, the kind of graft, you know, the hard work that it takes to succeed in this world. Tennis teaches you that. But anyway, enough of me going on about tennis. We, we, we need to come on to, to pickleball. You know, I'm, I'm guessing there will be listeners to this podcast who, you know, they may not even know what pickleball is, you know, um, can you just describe what pickleball is and, and how it works? Of course. Um, so pickleball is a sport which combines elements of tennis, table tennis and badminton. Um, we play on a court that has the same dimensions as a badminton court with a low net. We play with a plastic wiffle ball and a graphite paddle, which is probably a bit bigger than a table tennis bat, but smaller than a tennis racket. Um, pickleball kind of has its own unique rules. It's a really, really social sport. Um, it's a lot of fun. The main um, discipline in pickleball is doubles. So it's flipped from tennis where you kind of play singles first and doubles as a secondary thing. Pickleball is the other way around. So doubles is kind of the main element. And then you can also play singles, but more people play doubles than singles. Um, the game is comprised of a mixture of um, dink slow shots, which are kind of like a drop shot in tennis. Um, and then you kind of use those to set the point up and then you get into quick kind of volley battles. And it's really a game of kind of cat and mouse trying to place the ball where the opponent is. And, and it's, it's really, really fun. I mean, I know it, it, yeah, you can hear your passion, how, how much that passion rings out for pickleball it's one that you've you've loved you've flourished at you you know you've become UK number one you get to travel you're traveling all over playing this sport how for, how did you first get involved in pickleball you know you've got a very strong tennis background how did pickleball come about um so I have friends who live in the states so I went to stay with them at the back end of 2018 and they said oh come along to our country club we'll introduce you to pickleball um, so I went and I played first off with their friend called Lucy, who to me was just their friend called Lucy. So I played in maybe three or four just casual groups while I was there. And then when I came to come home, Lucy said to me, oh, Thaddy, you have to keep playing when you go home. And I said, we definitely don't play whatever this sport is in England. And she said, no, no, you do. So when I got home, I Googled pickleball clubs near me. Um, I found a club near me in London and I emailed them and just said, oh, I've played pickleball a few times in the States. I'd really love to keep playing. And they said, oh, that's great. What level are you? And I had no concept of anything, no understanding of ratings, didn't even really know that there were tournaments. So I messaged Lucy and just said, oh, like what rating am I? And she said, say you're a 5.0. So I emailed back again, clueless. 
saying, oh, I'm a 5.0. And they said, no disrespect, Nadia, but if you're a 5.0, you're going to be the best woman in this country. And I said, okay, whoa, I've played like three times. And then they said, and by the way, Lucy, who you played with, is that Lucy Kovalova? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's her. Do you know her? And they said, yeah, she's the best female player in the world. And again, I was just clueless to all of this. Um, so then I, I started playing um, at a club and then everyone was saying, oh, there's tournaments. And I was thinking, what is this, this weird sport? And now I'm going to a tournament in this weird sport. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. And it's very addictive. So I've been hooked ever since. So it's a bit like um, somebody who's never played tennis before going over. So I say I've never played tennis and I go over and I'm playing against the world number one. That is, that is a ridiculous story, isn't it? Yeah, and but I just got to know her as Lucy, who my friends knew. I didn't know anything else. But yeah. Come on. I mean, it seems to me like I mean, it seems to me we've got to go on and talk about America because it's something that you know you 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 first experienced the game over in America. It kind of really feels to me like like pickleball is is taking America by storm. It, you know, it's very, very, very popular. Is that is that the kind of feeling you get? And, you know, is pickleball going to be as big over here? What, what's your thoughts? Um, so, yes, pickleball is the fastest growing sport in America. Um, it's crazy over there. They are turning many tennis courts into pickleball courts, which is upsetting a lot of tennis players. But you go to kind of local parks where there are courts and there are kind of 40, 50 people playing pickleball and it's yeah a lot of people have pickleball courts in their houses so it's massive over there and it is definitely growing more in Europe I would say we're kind of maybe about 10 years behind the states in terms of the growth and development but it's definitely really popular over in Europe in England in Germany in Spain in France in Sweden um there's there's a really big kind of following of the sport and COVID kind of hit at a bad time because pickleball had a good momentum in Europe and then obviously COVID hit and the states weren't really in lockdown so they could continue playing but we obviously spent quite a lot of time in lockdown so we had to cancel a lot of events and stuff but definitely the momentum is back now and yeah it's definitely played all over Europe and it's growing I think Pickleball England have about five and a half thousand members at the moment um, there's a lot of clubs in this country um, and Pickleball England are doing a great job of growing the sport in this country. Mm, amazing I mean you know it People are listening and thinking, oh, this is, sounds interesting. I like the sound of this. If you were to summarise what it is that you really love about pickleball, what would you say? I think for me personally, um, it's a new challenge. So I've done tennis. I've competed at it. I can't really get any better at tennis. But pickleball is something that I can take my transferable skills to. It's a new challenge. There's so much to learn. Um it's so much fun. It's really, really social. Having come from tennis where it's very competitive, it's quite lonely. Pickleball has an amazing environment. You go to tournaments and everybody's so friendly. Everybody's so welcoming and you're really super competitive on court. Everybody wants to win. But as soon as you leave the court, you know, you, you're going out for dinner with everybody and everybody's hanging out. And it's just really, really friendly. Um, the games are, you know, there's so much laughter when you're on the courts and I, I just think it's it's just a really fun thing to kind of be involved in. I think it's really interesting. Um, I do some product development work. Uh, I work with the, the team at 
at Topspin Pro. And uh, a colleague of mine, Zoe, um, and Zoe's really passionate about pickleball. And um, she was, Zoe was explaining to me that the pickleball community is a very supportive community and that, you know, when there's tournaments and things, people will come up with gazebos and they'll have picnics and there's a real, real kind of friendly vibe to the whole affair. Now, as a tennis parent, that's not something I always, always, always experience when I, I go to, to tournaments. What I mean, how has it come to be that it's got this real social side to it? I don't really know. I think it's such a kind of fun, interactive game. And I think that with tennis, you can't play tennis with somebody who's not the same level as you. Pickleball is a real leveller and you can go on court with four people of completely different levels and still have a really good game. And I think it's kind of that inclusive inclusivity of yeah. you people aren't left out. Like you can, you know, I can go on court and have a game with four of the best players in the world, but by the same token, I can go on court and have a game with four beginners who I've just taught 10 minutes ago, but we can play a game. And I think, you know, everybody's so encouraging of each other. And when we play tournaments, you know, we're all we all want to see each other do better because we know that the better we do, we push each other and we're raising the level of the game. And I think, yeah, it's just, there's, you also, when you go to competitions, people compete within their age bracket and within their skill level. So it's not like, say, uh, there's a 60 year old man competing. He's not going to be competing with me. He's going to be very much in his age and his level. And I think that makes competitions really fun because it, makes it inclusive for everybody you know everybody can win a gold medal in in their age group in their skill level and you have friends of all ages you know there's currently a, a 14 year old player in Spain who's an incredible player and he's around the tournament now so we're kind of mixing with the juniors and then like I was just in France a few weeks ago playing a tournament and they had men's singles category of over 70s and they were incredible and you know a lot of people of that age they're not active and it's just it gives people the opportunity to still be active and and so friendly with people of all ages there's got to be like contemporaries of mine who are listening who might like really <laughs> understand what you were saying about the fact that they peaked at tennis some time ago you know if I look at my own uh, you know I peaked at the age of 18 and it's been a slow and painful decline <laughs> ever since and and like but with paddle and with pickleball I feel like because you're starting at a base level I feel like, you know, you can get better and getting better at something, learning new skills, you know, it's it's a, it's a it's an invigorating thing. Um so yeah, we've got a little uh, we've got a little uh sort of area around an old milking parlor just over the way and we had a mini red tennis court on it, but I've been turning it into a into a pickleball court, but I read up on this thing and it was like, I got to put a kitchen in. It's like, uh, you know, my DIY skills are not high. What, when it comes to pickleball and a kitchen, what, what is a kitchen? It's the easel, easiest installable kitchen ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the kitchen in pickleball is also known as the, the non-volley zone. So it's an area, um, a seven foot area from the net, um, seven feet back. And basically in the non-volley zone or the kitchen, you're not allowed to be stood in that zone and volley. You can be stood in there if the ball bounces, but then you have to get out of it. So you can't hit a volley in there. So for tennis players, we're obviously taught to get close to the net and volley. But in pickleball, you have to be seven foot back from the net before you can hit a volley. So it kind of gives it that slight different tactic to tennis. 
does that mean that, the, that basically when you're in the net, the rallies are going to be longer? Because it's almost like you're warming up at the start of a tennis match where you're like bang, 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 but you're not putting the ball away because you're not on top of the net. Yeah, so when, when you have all four players at the kitchen line, you will use a lot of the dinks shot, which is the slower shot that your aim is to get that to land in your opposition's kitchen so that they can't attack it. But you're trying to, you're trying to be create, uh, yeah, creative with your dinks to make your opponents give you an easier ball, which you can then attack. And that's when it gets really quick and speeds up. But then also there's a reset shot. So if you speed it up too quickly, you obviously put yourself in a bad position. So then you can also reset and drop the ball back in the kitchen. So it's that kind of cat and mouse of who can create the easiest ball and put it away first. Come on. And Topspin Pro have recently launched a pickleball um, kind of version of Topspin Pro. And, and at Paddle, like I hit Topspin, but when I hit topspin in paddle, the players say to me, Rob, what are you doing hitting topspin? And I'm like, it still works. It still works. But in pickleball, topspin is a thing, yeah? Yeah, it's more of a thing than in paddle. Um, so obviously it's harder to get topspin in pickleball because the ball is a plastic wiffle ball. So it's not like a tennis ball. But you definitely, yeah, the good players will definitely use topspin. You see, this is why I need to give pickleball a go. <laughs> Come on. And then, um, you know, I mean, I know that you, you clearly love tennis. It's had such an amazing part in your story, your journey. You love pickleball. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of paddle, but can all these sports coexist together in, uh, in perfect harmony or, or are they really competing for the same players? You know, I think they can all, um, yeah, I think they can all coexist. Um, They've obviously all got transferable skills. So, you know, I can play tennis, I can play pickleball, I can play paddle. I don't think it's any different to any other sports coexisting. You know, there's if you play tennis, there's football that's trying to get you or rugby that's trying to get you or swimming that's trying to get you. So I don't think it's any different to kind of any other sports coexisting. And I think that this country, you know, we, we need to get people moving more. And pickleball is such a, a good way to do that because... The court's much smaller than a tennis court. So it's, you know, it can be really good for kids to learn the skills for tennis. It can be really good for older people who can't necessarily run around a tennis court anymore. Um, and I think, you know, you play pickleball and then you get better hand skills that you can transfer into paddle or into tennis. So I definitely think that they can all coexist. And this is the point. This is the point for me on this. And I think you summed it up incredibly well. We need to get people moving in this country. Like all the data that shows... You know, kids aren't exercising in the, the same way that they once did, that they're spending the time in the virtual worlds. And that's just going to get, you know, even even more virtual as time goes by. After the effects of COVID, I think we became kind of a very solitary, you know, country of people because we all spent so much time on our own. And I think that's one thing that's really lovely about Pickleball is that it brings people together. And, you know, there's so many people who might live alone, who might not see a lot of people and they could join their local Pickleball club and suddenly they have... 50 friends and I think for me that's really important as well to kind of get across to people that you know if you might be too scared to go and try a new sport or go and try something pickleball is so welcoming and you have such a group of friends there automatically after you've been for one session I think it's just a great way to bring people together come on come on anything that helps get people fit and that brings people together what's not to love about that um, so yeah, I mean, I used to work in the world of sports sponsorship. I did a, a lot of work with Carling on their Premier League sponsorship, and Samsung. I worked with on their sponsorship of Chelsea and stuff like that. Now, I, I've I, I've I've thought of the absolute perfect pickleball sponsor 
Um, I mean, can you can you guess who this is? I think they would go really well in a kitchen. <laughs> it would go well in a kitchen. You see, this is it. Like, like if if people at Branston's have not listened up and heard about this sporting craze that is pickleball, I feel it is our responsibility today to make the good people of Branston's, which, by the way, originates from quite close to me in Burton, I believe, that, I mean, Branston's have to sponsor pickleball, don't they? They have to, 100%. if they sponsored pickleball over here, it could be the start of an amazing American journey for them, where like the Beatles in the 60s, they make it big in the States through Branston's pickleball. Surely this is the sponsorship we need to make happen. I think you need to go down and see them if they're local to you. <laughs> I'm really, well, I'm not sure if they're still based around here, but I, I, I've been thinking about, I think about this quite a lot. I'm like, I talk to people, but whenever I talk to people about pickleball, I feel I must tell them that I think it's the perfect sponsorship. So I have had a little look. They are on Twitter. I will drop them a note and say, have you thought, have you, have you thought of it? Have you thought Come on, let's make this deal happen. <laughs> um, so, I mean, moving forward from a, a pickleball perspective, you know, what are you really excited about? Um, I think for me personally, seeing the game grow in Europe, I'm really lucky that I get to kind of be a big part of that. I do a lot of work, you know, with coaching clinics and helping clubs grow, helping players improve. I I really like to use my platform to kind of help other people. Obviously, for me as a player, I'm really excited just to continue learning and keep getting better. There's so many things to learn and the game is constantly evolving. That for me, that's so, so exciting. And I think, you know, I've seen kind of pickleball grow a lot in the States over the last few years to the point now where it's, you know, on major, it's on the tennis channel a lot in front of tennis. Um, it's, you know, got spots on the Today Show. And I think it can definitely go that way in the UK and Europe and they in the States they have um I guess it's kind of like a David Lloyd but it's not a members club it's called chicken and pickle so they have a few of them and um they're kind of like a facility with pickleball courts but you can go there and hang out and like watch the football play cornhole go and do aerobics classes take your family there and this, they're kind of these massive complexes where they just want to attract people and attract families and you can play pickleball, you can have fried chicken. And I think for us over here to kind of develop something similar to that would be amazing. We don't have at the moment a lot of pickleball specific courts. So I think in the next few years, we'll see a lot more people kind of investing in the facilities, which will also help the sport kind of grow better. And I think it's a really exciting time to kind of be involved in pickleball because it's growing so much. Amazing. I mean, yeah, what an exciting time to be involved. Like it's 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 spreading across America. It's so so popular. It's growing here and and yet it, you feel like it's only gonna get bigger. Um I, I mean we can't we can't finish though without asking you about your your playing. I mean, you know, I see that it, well, every time I seem to see on social media, you're standing on some sort of podium with a big medal or a big trophy or something like from a playing point of view like you know what's what's been the real highlights to, of, of the you know your your pickleball playing career um I think you know when I first started actually my first tournament I went into not having a clue and I won the singles the doubles and the mixed doubles and it for me I was a bit like oh this is quite cool but the kind of the way the game has advanced in the last few years and kind of the how much the level has risen in Europe is massive. And I'm constantly, every tournament, I'm having to 
be better and having to improve because the level of the players is just increasing so quickly. Um, so for me, you know, that's so exciting to be a part of. And we have a really good group of kind of top women and we're constantly pushing each other. We're constantly messaging each other on social media about, have you worked out today? Are you getting better? Are you practicing? And that's so fun. And I think that's something, again, you don't see in tennis um, that we're all we all have that kind of camaraderie of like, come on, let's keep pushing the level. Let's keep getting better. It's it's super fun. And yeah, I think I you do see me on a lot of um, podiums, but it's definitely not easy to get there. And this past weekend, I was at a tournament in Sweden and, you know, the competition is so, so tough. And I think for me coming from tennis, you know, I always felt so much pressure and I struggled in tennis to kind of perform under that pressure. And I, pickleball has kind of given me you know, another chance to be like, okay, well, let's learn how to cope under the pressure, but let's also have fun. And that's something for me that I'm really working hard on at the moment to really go out there, really enjoy it and really have fun, but, you know, deal with the pressure and still perform well and still try and win. So yeah, it's really love exciting. It. Love it. Love that you can, you know, perform and still have fun. And yeah, again, that's something that I think is just so important as skills to learn. I mean, have you, you know your first ever pickleball experience was playing the world number one? Have you been back to play the world number one since? Since you've developed all these skills, um, I've been back out to Wichita in Kansas, which is where she lives. But I've seen her a few times um, before COVID. I went out to play a tournament at Indian Wells and went out to play one in Texas. So yeah, pre-COVID, I went over there a few times. But I definitely, I haven't been since. Um, we were kind. We've kind of been more free to move around. So definitely, I'd love in the next six months to kind of get back over to the states and yeah, compete in some tournaments over there. Amazing! Come on, come on! What a journey! It's been it's been brilliant to hear all about it. But we we can't finish. We we have a question that we ask everybody. So <laughs> if you could go for a drink with anybody, alive or dead, who would it be and why? This is such a tough question and I've been thinking about this and there are obviously so many incredible sports stars that I could say. Obviously, Roger Federer would come to everyone's mind right now as he's just retired, but I kind of wanted to, I was like, no, let's say something different to sport. Um, so again, kind of something that's happened recently, I think I would say the Queen. Um, for me, she's obviously someone that I can't relate to at all. I have no idea of kind of the things she's been through, what her life was like. And I think you know, she saw and experienced so much and she would be so wise. I would love, you know, to have sat down with her and kind of, you know, talked about her life and everything that she saw and everything that she experienced. And I'm sure that she would give wonderful advice again that would kind of relate to sport and everything in life. What a brilliant answer. I think so many people around the UK and maybe around the world might might totally agree with you. I mean, just to spend time with someone who was just so incredibly selfless. Yeah. You know, put a country first at every juncture in a time, in an age where that's just not, you know, start seeing that. And yeah. I just, I would love to see like, cause you hear little nuggets about a personality as well. I would love, and it, I get the kind of feeling that it would be in front of a roaring fire, maybe with a glass of sherry or something like that. The but, corgis. Yeah. <laughs> corgis. Come on. Oh, well, it's a great answer. And um, I mean, I can't, I can't thank, you, thank you enough for, for telling us all about Pickleball. I can't wait to give it a go. And I think actually my colleague Zoe is hopefully going to be up at the English Open, which is in Bolton, I think. Is that is that end of October time? 
Yeah, so we have English Nationals um, in Bolton at the end of October, which if anybody is local and wants to come and find out what pickleball is, definitely come and have a watch. And if anybody is listening and they're thinking, oh, pickleball sounds really fun, I want to have a go, you can go on to the Pickleball England website, which is www.pickleballengland.org, and they have a club locator page, and you can type in your address and you can find your local club, and they have contact details and you can get in touch, and people are so welcoming. So if you want to have a go, definitely check that out. It's a great point. We'll make sure we put that link um link on 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 all the the details for the podcast as well so that anyone who's interested can find that and and there's clubs all around the country now you know if you if you want to give it a go you're going to find one nearby yeah there's clubs all over the country and having been lucky enough to kind of go to different european play uh, countries and compete in england we definitely have the best kind of club set up there are there's so many people who have given up time to kind of set up clubs that yeah you really should be able to find clubs really really close to you Brilliant. Come on. Well, I must give it a go. And I'll also, I hope I'll come up and see you guys play up in, in Bolton. So really look forward to that. But yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care. Thank you. Bye. That's all for today. But thank you very much for listening. And if you enjoyed that, please do hit the subscribe or follow button so you keep up to date with new episodes. And we look forward to welcoming you back to my tennis journey very soon.